Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of the Everything Went Black podcast. This episode is unique. It's the first time we've tried doing a swap cast. My good friend Eddie Torres has a podcast called Rock and Roll Beer Guy. And um, it's pretty rad, so uh, we both came up with the idea of doing this uh, swap cast where this, this episode comes out on both streams. So if you're a fan and listener of Everything Went Black, you get exposed to a brand new podcast from my friend Eddie. If you're a listener of his, um, then you get exposed to uh, Everything Went Black. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. Before we get rolling, I just want to thank everybody on Patreon who has been uh, sticking with this. The brand new chapter of Lifetime of Gray Skies, the Anodyne Tour Journal audiobook is coming at you. I've been pretty diligent about getting these things done, and um, actually the whole book should be done in maybe the middle of September. So in a few short weeks, I should have everything done. The final thing will be up on the Everything Went Black Bandcamp page by early October. And if uh, you're Patreon subscribers, by then you'll have the whole thing. And if you're not, you can buy it for $5. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. It's cool reading over those old journal entries and uh, realizing uh, how far everything's gone since then. And um, yeah, I don't know, it's cool. This episode is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. Um, that's my coffee brand. Uh, new layout coming soon. New fall witches brew. Limited roast coming out. Actually, it's a blend. So that'll be released in uh, early October. And it's something that we're going to be doing every year uh, for the Halloween season. This will only be available around Halloween in the fall, which is my favorite time of year. So, um, so yeah, so keep your eyes out for that. Um, you can head over to savagegoldcoffee.com. Uh, once again, i like to shout out on it our affiliate sponsor. If you go to everythingwentblackmedia.com, you check out the portals. If you're into uh, healthy eating, um, there's links to all the supplements, uh, food supplements, that is, such as MCT oil and all that sort of stuff. If you're into working out, you can purchase... Um, sort of odd object workout equipment like battle ropes, kettlebells, clubs, weighted vests, like all that good stuff there as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I appreciate all the listeners. Um, one of the best things you can do is tell your friends about this podcast if you enjoy it. Leave a star rating on iTunes, write a brief review, and uh, that helps everything out. If you want to get at me, you can reach me, uh, mike.hill at everythingwentblackmedia.com. I'm trying something new with the solo episodes, uh, Man on the Silver Mountain. It's uh, kind of like a QA scenario. We tried it out in the last episode of that, and it seemed to work out pretty well. So if you have any questions for me regarding the band, regarding any of the things I'm involved with, feel free to hit me via that email address on Facebook or Twitter, or you can leave me a you know, a comment or something like that on Instagram. And um, yeah, I'll answer all questions, even if they're stupid. So there you go. That will be collected and presented in the Man on the Silver Mountain portion of this podcast. Every now and then I do one of those solo episodes. You know, if I can't line up a guest just in order to keep things out there, um, I do one of these episodes, answer questions, talk about news items, that kind of thing. And away we go.
Dude, oh, so it's, uh, it's good hearing from you, man. Yeah, man, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time. I mean, last time I saw you was, I, and it was in Miami for sure. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to remember what show it was I showed up to. I think it was Churchill's. Yeah, yeah, it was probably 1349 then, so it was like almost two years ago at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's been two years. Shit. That's why I guess, like, yeah, I, always, to... I always associate you with living in Miami. Like, I haven't quite settled in with you as a a, a dweller in in the Cal- Southern California, so. Yeah, yeah, it, it was my life for 20 years, man. You know, the Miami Yeti, according to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you rich? Are you originally from Miami? No, right? No, I'm actually from Jersey. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was I was born in Jersey City, and then uh, at the age of 15, I was forced to move to Miami because uh, situations got a little hairy for my father figure. Okay. <laughs> he was involved with some bullshit and got arrested, and we all had to move to Miami. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I, Miami was supposed to be temporary, like yeah, a year, maybe two, maybe I'll just finish high school, and eh, maybe I'll finish college. Oh goddamn it! I've been here for twenty years. You know, like that was the <laughs> yeah, that was the product, the, the the way that worked out. Even though I I wanted to get out of there sooner, man. It's just you know you get you get tied up, girlfriends and friends and bands and you know all that shit. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. It's like you just end up getting, like, it just seems like you're, sometimes it seems like you're trapped somewhere, and then, like, you need something <laughs> drastic to change, you know, to make to make a change in your life so you can move ahead, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty, it's funny, because I've heard that before, like, you hear it all the time, you know, just fucking do it, make a change, whatever, but it it's real, dude. I mean, within a year of me being out here, I've done a lot more uh, productive shit than I was doing in Miami, you know? So what brought you to um, California? Just a change of pace? Uh, or? So the, the trip actually all happened because my, my, my girl got a job at Activision. Okay. And that's been, that's been her fantasy, like, you know, her dream. Not fantasy, that sounded weird. Her <laughs> <dream>. <laughs> it was her dream to work in the, in the video game industry because she was working retail on like Hot Topic. She was a manager there for years and she just wanted out and they gave her that job offer and uh, I was like getting pretty close to wanting to move out of there anyway I, I was making enough money where like I think we could save up and make this happen you know we we got a lot of help from my uncle and a couple people that really helped us out getting this going uh, but at the end it all worked out you know and it was perfect so uh, I got I had a pretty good resume with uh, what I've done in the beer industry so I figured I'd get a job right away which I did and yeah. So uh, who are you working for out there now in, in California? Well, right now I'm with uh, Iron Triangle Brewing, which is in the downtown LA area. Uh huh. And uh, you know, just doing that thing for now. It's I'm just starting to get to the point, man, where I've been doing this for so long, like seven years. I feel like I need to change it. At least I could still be in the beer industry, but I feel like I need to make a change in uh, position. Like I can't just keep pounding the pavement every day. It's starting to get, you know, wearing on me. Yeah, so. totally. Now, so now I know you're, uh, you know, your love of, of of metal and rock, hard rock, and all this other stuff. And you know, I know, and obviously your uh, your love for for good beer. So hence yeah. the uh, your podcast, which kind of combines. Both of these uh, 
aspects of your life into one sort of like expression. So how many yeah. episodes do you have up at this point? Yeah, like four, four or five episodes, I think. I'm at 30, man. Oh, Jesus, 30. <laughs> My God, how the hell did I miss that? <laughs> I actually, I posted about it yesterday. I'm like, God damn, I, I, it took me a second. I woke up and I'm looking. I'm like, Jesus, I had 30? Wow. I'm like, what? So I, I decided to put a little graphic together with everybody's face and like, thank you for 30 episodes. Oh, I man. really did not expect 30 episodes. Because <laughs> I heard, I listened to the one with Liam. I heard the one with Liam and I only heard that a few of them. sounded like shit, man. I felt so, I got to redo that one with Liam. I told him, I'm like, we need to do this again because I fucked up uh, when I was recording that and his voice was all distorted. So I feel bad about that episode, but I gotta redo it. Yeah, sure. it's all learning, man. I mean, that's I mean, geez, honestly, it's like I go back to listening to like some of my old episodes, and I just sound like such a tool. Like, <laughs> just even the way I talk, it's not even like the technical stuff, and the technical stuff's a shitty too. I mean, yeah. you know, the first episode of this podcast was like done at uh, a diner with like a, one of those Zoom recorders, and like. You can hear people talking in the background. You can hear the waiter asking if we want more coffee, like stuff like that. And it was just like, you know, you just don't know what the hell you're going to do until you do it. You know what I mean? Sure. But that sounds cool, actually. I'd like to, you know, that's, I guess it brings you into that world where you were recording that. You know, like you hear all those ambient sounds. It actually puts you in that vibe. Like, especially for, like, for what I use podcasts, which is driving, you know, it, it puts you in that zone and kind of distracts you from the L.A. traffic, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, it's like, well, it's not the most professional thing, you know, and these days, you know, with so sure, many sure, sure. with so many of these out there, it's like, I feel like you have to kind of pay attention to um, the technical aspects of doing this thing. You know, there's a lot of other people doing it with, you know, better equipment and, you know, more resources and that kind of stuff. For sure, man. You got to stay on top of the game. Yeah, it's, it's devoured my life so far, man, just... Everything I do now, I try and make it for the, you know, so that it helps the podcast in a good way, you know, like, all right, I got a few extra bucks. I'm going to go buy fucking little microphone sponges, those little fucking pop filters. Yep. I need, I need those. I need to get a little mic stand so I don't have to hold the mic the entire time. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'm just little by little upgrading the studio and trying to use some of the sponsorship money that I'm getting. Uh, just to make it make it better, get better hosting, all that shit. That's awesome, man. Yeah, the yeah. Um, I was, I guess, I'm fortunate in a way because I already had, like I was saying earlier, <clears throat> a lot of this kind of like equipment laying around just from you know doing band stuff. You know what I mean, like mic stands and mics sure. and things like that. So, but, yeah. Uh, how, so how, you you started Tombs in 2007, but like, were you in bands? Like, what other bands were you in before that? I'm sure you were doing something. Yeah, I was in. a well, I've been playing in bands my whole life, actually, so it's like, and, you know, it's varying degrees of success, and uh, right immediately before Tombs, I was in this band called Versoma, which was um, kind of like, in like the, the softer elements of Tombs, I guess, <clears throat> is similar to what Versoma was doing, like a little bit more um, kind of, uh, you know, shoegaze, kind of gothic kind of vibe to it. And uh, but without like the the metal aspects of tunes, and that's kind of like more what Versoma sounded like. And prior to that, I was in a band called Anodyne, which um, that was that band was around for like probably close to ten years. Well, not ten years, maybe like seven or eight years. And uh, we were like very much into um, 
you know, today's the day and unseen and, you know, brutal truth and kind of, yeah, like real discordant, like, you know, Rorschach was like a big influence, Black Flag, um, you know, we operated in the DIY, like hardcore scene and we played with, that was like pretty much the scene we played in, but the influences were more along the lines of like, you know, brutal truth, uh, you know, today's the day, like dead guy, like that sort of thing, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. before that, I did a bunch of other stuff, you know, just like that never, no one ever really heard about, so. Hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Anodyne, so that was up in New York, right? Well, part part of it was in New York and part of it was in Boston. Like, we started, I lived in Boston for a number of years back in the 90s. Okay. And, um, yeah, part of the, the band started up there. And um, then we, me and the bass player relocated down in New York in you know in Brooklyn and um that's where we grabbed uh our new drummer Joel and um who's a California transplant and uh and then that that was kind of like the lineup I guess that did the most stuff and recorded the most material and was out on the road the most you know and sort of I guess for me when I think of the band I think of that lineup with the three people in it you know sure sure it's funny, there's a band in Florida, in Miami, called Anodyne, that my buddies are in. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't think they were, you know, definitely wasn't you, and it definitely <laughs> didn't sound like what you're describing. Like, they were doing dream theater-type music. They were just big prog nerds. Oh, that's cool. So, like, they just, yeah, I mean, they're all super talented. I just, you know, the keyboardist was out of control. His name was Mike, too. Oh, that was funny. there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't think they got out of Florida though. Like they didn't know touring or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anodyne wasn't. You know, we were we were on all the labels that we released material on are all now out of business. So it's like, you know, I'm. I actually uh, I started a band camp that has all the stuff that I have at least available. And uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, people have been checking it out, and downloading it, and uh, I'm actually recording like an audio book too, which is like um, basically my tour journals from the first like piece that's going to go out there is like we did a European tour and um, that was like a really big sort of learning experience on how not to do things you know what I mean and um, so that's why that that I started there with like chronicling the ins and outs of that band because it was a lot of like misery and like funny shit happened on the road and uh so yeah, that's uh, I'm giving. I've been giving away chapters because uh, I'm doing a Patreon for for the podcast, and the subscribers on Patreon get free free chapters as as I finish them. And then uh, probably like I'll probably be done with this and make maybe a week or two, and um, surely by like October I'll release the whole thing just by a Bandcamp. People could download it, and it'll be like a like four bucks or five dollars or something like that. Nothing nothing too crazy. But, um, yeah, just getting the stories yeah. out there, I think, is important, you know? Hell, yeah, that's, that's really cool that you're doing it. I mean, you got to it's, – it's, I'm always thinking of ways to produce content, you know, and, and that's a good way, man. Like, that that sounds very interesting. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. – you know, I'm one of these guys who writes in a journal every day, and I have, like, you know, pages, thousands of pages of the details and – day-to-day stuff of all the bands I played in and even tombs I mean tombs I even on the everything went black uh, website you can find like text versions of tour journals and stuff on there too and um, 
But, you know, the way people consume media these days, videos and, like, podcasts and, like, audio and stuff like that is really seems to be the way people are, are getting into stuff. So, hence the yeah. idea of doing, like, audio books or things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Less reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like... Less reading is definitely, it's definitely happening. Like, I, even me, I love reading books, man, but I, I read a lot less now. Whatever I read is online. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it's. I think that's destroyed my eyesight too. Believe it or not, is reading stuff on screens. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not good for us. We're just constantly staring at our computers, and especially like you or myself, like we're you're, we're sitting there working too on the you know on the podcast or whatever. It's not just the casual like you know let me read whatever nonsense is on Facebook or whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But I do still like That's the cool tactile though, experience of holding a book, though. Like I like looking at the looking at the the artwork and you know seeing things like, oh, like of course, like that three dimensional world is still something I really enjoy. You know. Yeah. Do you know who uh, Skinner is? It Skinner that's doing it. Yeah, it is Skinner. You know the the artist Skinner. He's done work for like Mastodon and a couple yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. He's releasing a pop up book, uh, oh. like old school, like you know when you were a kid that you oh, open yeah. it and shit. You can pull tabs and stuff like that, but he's doing it for adults. It's like all HP Lovecraft, oh, wow. uh, Cthulhu themed, and like uh, you know all the different stories from HP Lovecraft. And yeah, it's pretty sick. It's on his website, I think. Wow. Uh, I almost pre-ordered it, but kind of trying to make sure I have everything else taken care of first. <laughs> yeah, dude, tell me about it. It's like my you know I, I live like a pretty week to week existence, <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> At least right, at least for for the for this last year and a half, it's been very like touch and go as far as expenses and finances go. But like, but um, yeah, sometimes like, you know, luxuries like that have to wait. You know what I mean? Until you you're you know you got your your bills covered before you can go out and buy like cool books and things. You know. For sure, man. I mean, wait. Well, aren't you saying? You're, are you telling me that being in a band isn't like a lot of money? Aren't you're not like filthy rich? I know it's hard to believe that we're not, um, you know, millionaires off of making, uh, you know, blackened metal or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like dark metal or whatever the hell you want to call yeah. what we do. You know. But um, yeah, well, I mean, you also, you also got Savage Gold Coffee. How's that going for you? It's going slow but steady. Let's put it this way. You know what I mean? It's like there's like a, a lot of really cool stuff going on. Like like, but you know. Um, as you know, like starting up any kind of like brand, especially in the food and beverage industry, uh, it takes a long time to like really like establish yourself as not a fly by night. You know what I mean? And um, right. yeah, I mean, I definitely there's like yeah, I you know, give respect to all the customers out there, man. I mean, they I have a lot of very very loyal customers, and I appreciate that deeply. You know, but to get to the point where it's like um, comfortable in the profit margins, it really takes a lot of time to develop that. And that's kind of like the difference between like having commitment to something and just looking for like a quick buck, you know what I mean? And for me, it's like, you know, it's been a little bit over two years, like two and a half years I've been doing this. And it's like, that's really nothing compared to like what um, other companies go through to establish themselves. I mean, you know, one of the a brand I talk about all the time is on it, you know, and they existed for five, six years before anyone even knew who the hell they were, man, with their supplements and everything, you know, kind of yeah, like yeah. 
So I mean, it takes it takes a while, but you know, like I said, slow and steady. You just got to keep plugging away. You got to keep grinding. You got to keep you know. Under- need a Joe Rogan bump. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's you know, <laughs> you need some guy like Joe Rogan to be like, hey man, check out Savage Gold Coffee, and then you get like a million people Boom. buy it. Overnight, you you have to quit everything else you're doing and make coffee twenty four seven. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but that's what I mean, though. It's like um, you know. All the little corny expressions like, you know, luck is like when opportunity and preparation meet, you know, it's like I kind of live by that, though. You know what I mean? It's like be prepared. And then when an opportunity arises, you're ready to step it, step it up. And that's kind of like how I've been approaching everything, even the coffee company. It's like you got to make sure the product is solid. You got to make sure you got your, your game plan in place. And then when an opportunity arrives, then you can you can you know exploit that opportunity you know it's like you have to like um that's what i mean that's why the grind is important you know you just got to keep like plugging away keep working you gotta keep working i mean if you keep working you'll see results right i mean i really i really hope i really hope i'm not just being like i hope i'm not just eating shit my whole life and then at the end it's like yeah it didn't really work out (laughs) well i mean yeah, I mean, that's, oh, there's certain things, though, that, that might be the case. Like, for example, like, doing anything creative. It's, like, musically, it's, like, there's no guarantee that, you, you know, you can work as hard as you want at your, your band or, but if you're not, you know, for whatever reason, if, um, if it's not uh, something that people want to listen to or, or check out, then you're, you're not going to be financially secure with it. But that's, I guess, like, being able to modify my ideas of what success means you know it's like success is like not necessarily like financial success success is more like a creative thing and when you let go of the idea of it being um a financial thing then that somehow that falls into place in some ways you know what i mean it's like like with tunes i never really wanted to pay attention to things like um you know, oh yeah, how many records are we selling? Like, like you know, does anyone even like the band? Like that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's not to say that I'm not grateful for for fans of the band, but it's always been my goal to like write music and create stuff that's like interesting to me. And then when you do that, somehow it might take a long time, but somehow all this other stuff just sort of follows. You know, follows suit if you're true with what your creative you know ideas are. You know, for sure. Yeah. And that's how it has to work that way. I mean, if you're going into it with the idea of just making money right away, like you're 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 already doomed to fail. You might succeed at making a bunch of money, but like that's never going to bring you any kind of joy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like you know they're you know not not trying to be like sour grapes or anything like that. But there's like you know there's bands out there that I know are doing stuff, doing the style of music because it's popular. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And yeah, um, you gotta switch your sound to. To, to make more money sometimes, you know? Yeah, and, and that's great for them, but, like, for me, I'd rather not... I mean, if, if a million... You know, hey, I'm not going to throw away any kind of, you know, fandom or, like, financial success, but, like I said, it's not necessarily the goal. The goal is to write powerful music, and if that follows suit, then it does. So I'm not thinking about making compromises to get, I, I mean, we're going to add breakdowns to our songs because I think more people will like it, which is, they probably would, you know? I mean, kids love yeah. breakdowns, and there's a whole style of music based around breakdowns, and it's like, you know, if that's something that you want to do and be creative with, great, but if you're doing it just so you can get 
fans and recognition and sell t-shirts and all that sort of stuff then that only hangs in there for like a brief period of time and then at the end of the day those fans who are into that thing for that period of time in their lives move on they forget about you that's kind of like I see that happening to people all the time you know Down on the Grand Annihilation. I mean, there's like uh, that song "Black Sun Black Sun Horizon." There's a breakdown on that song. <laughs> but uh, my favorite band when it comes to breakdowns is was Burnt by the Sun slash River Black. Like Hell yeah. that band, like they take that style, like that metalcore style, and have just really expanded it and been really creative within that. That style, which could also, which in some ways can be very stifling for some bands, you know. But uh, but yeah, they yeah. they deliver like interesting songs, and then these awesome like dance parts. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of like the best of both worlds with them. Have you heard the? Oh, have, yeah, I think. Um, have, have you heard uh, River Black? Like that's the new Burnt by the Sun band. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, yeah. Dave Woody's a, a good friend. Yeah. Um, and I actually am going to have John on the show at oh, some nice. point. We, we talked about it, but he's been doing a lot of fishing lately. So Yeah, John's a but, brewer, man. He's, he's really into brewing. So, yeah, it'd be perfect for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, going back to the podcast, like, when I started the podcast, I had an idea in mind, and it's completely different now. Like, the, the, the show has evolved beyond what I wanted it to be into something I think it's better, I, I think. Well, what, what like, you... At least it's easier for me. What was your initial idea then? Well, the first couple episodes, if you look back, the first two, it's it's a brewer and a guy in a band. That okay. was going to be the concept moving forward. Like I always wanted to have one brewer and one musician, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can all talk and share the perspective of both worlds, plus me right in the middle because I've been involved with both for so sure. long, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was the concept, but it it got harder and harder to, to uh, schedule people together. It's hard enough to get one person on the fucking phone. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, having to get two people on the phone is a pain in the ass. So, um, like with Liam, we were supposed to do it with uh, Gene from Tired Hands. Oh yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, Gene had a fucking situation at the brewery, and like I think a tank exploded or something. I don't know. It, it shit got crazy and. Uh, he couldn't make it and I was like well fuck I'm not gonna miss this opportunity to talk to Liam so let's just talk you know and now the I think the show now is like I'm the rock and roll beer guy you know personality of like I have the beer and the music and then I just talk to whoever the fuck I want about that <laughs> like That's cool. instead of having the, the you know I, I'd like to still have specialists to talk to each other and everything every once in a while if I can but if not it's just me talking to people fuck it <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, the whole the whole medium is a pretty free form, you know, thing. I mean, you know, even yeah. even like as far as like just the quote unquote interviews, it's like if you go on to like a more like formal traditional show, you know, the interviews are just like these quick bullet points. But 
you know, in podcasting, you have like long conversations that have like these tangents and you go off and, and I feel like you get way more information, like more meaningful dialogue through a podcast than you do in a standard interview, you know? So it's for sure. Yeah. People are starting to evolve into that too. Like a lot of people listen to podcasts because they feel invested in the conversation. Like uh, I, I, they connect, I guess on a certain level. Uh, and it's going on in all media. Like movies are down, but TV shows are up because yeah. people want more content of that same thing. You know, instead of one two-hour movie, you've got a twelve-hour fucking series of Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was tripping out on that recently because, uh, like, I never like you know twenty years ago, I never watched TV, man. Like in the early nineties or whatever, I was just like, I, I I didn't even have a television or a cable thing or anything it just had i had a tv with a vcr i just watched movies that's it but Mm -hmm. movies it's like the sort of revolution in in tv shows quote unquote uh, which i I think started with like the sopranos like way back in the late 90s and now manifesting now in like these great shows like uh you know game of thrones and uh you know what the, the great breaking bad and fargo and all this other stuff is like that long form is closer is it's it's more content and deeper you know what i mean and um yeah movies i think are like kind of like uh this this like i i watch a lot of shows more than movies i think these days yeah you don't know think about it though think about the most successful movies it's the marvel movies they're succeeding and they're succeeding because there are now like 12 of them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. And, and the other successful things, what, Harry Potter? Well, yeah, there's seven fucking movies. And um, the Star Wars, you know, we're at seven movies or eight of those movies now, plus all the, like, additional content that, you know, cartoons and whatever else they're doing. So. Yeah, I like that, too, because, I mean, you know, as you know, I'm a big comic book guy. But, yeah. And, and the way, like, various comic book companies create a universes and you can have these characters with these guys and like something that started over in this series carries over to this other thing. And of course, Marvel's doing that in a masterful way because you know, their, their Netflix shows or regular TV shows and all the movies are, are one big like continuum that all the characters exist yeah. in, you know, and I'm, I'm, I've always been a big fan of that, you know? Yeah. DC seems to be fucking lost in the shuffle, dude. Like now they're announcing that they're doing these, other movies independently that are not part of the universe like the a new joker origin story by martin scorsese i heard about that i heard about that yeah but that's not connected though right with any of the other batman stuff apparently no yeah it's it's gonna have a new joker new actor new 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 batman i guess or it, it won't have batman i don't think i think it'll focus solely on the crime lifestyle of the joker which would be cool well, they definitely got the right guy, the right uh, director for that. I mean, you know, Scorsese oh, yeah. as as um, I think my my the only work of his that I really enjoy is like when he's doing crime. You know, it's like never was a big oh, fan yeah. of like the Aviator or any of that other stuff. But when he's in, in dealing with crime, that's like where he shines. You know what I mean? Well, he's the master of it. I mean, he's been doing it for so long, like. In some of the best movies, you know, Goodfellas, and then again, you know, it's they are great movies, but I feel a little biased because I'm from Jersey, so a lot, these, a lot of these movies actually like I connect to on a personal level too. 
Yeah. Just because of the experiences, you know? Like, even The Sopranos. I love The Sopranos. Not because everyone else loves The Sopranos. It's just because I'm looking around. Like, I know that building. I know where they are. <laughs> I recognize that. Yeah. So, you went to uh, Psycho Las Vegas, right? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Is that fun or what? So, I had this whole idea in my head about Psycho Las Vegas. You know, I bought these, you know, I bought the H4N, I bought all this shit, and I'm like, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna interview a bunch of people. And, you know, Orange Amps got me uh, a press pass. So, I took my girl's camera, this nice camera, and I'm, like, I'm gonna take some pictures, you know, be a fucking media dude. And within like two hours of getting there, I realized that none of that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I started running into people. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? What up? And, you know, we get back to the hotel room, put all the gear down. And, uh, I, you know, we started smoking weed and drinking and go downstairs. And apparently the press pass that I had still would not allow me to bring a camera through security. So there goes that idea. Um they wouldn't let me through with the camera, so no pictures. And then I had all the podcast gear, and I kept setting up little meetings, like, hey, meet me at the room. We're going to, you know, we'll smoke and we'll record something. And uh, it would just evolve into a party. Like somebody, you know, we walked into um, Kelly from Mothership. We went in his room, and there's like five people in there, and they're fucking, you know, partying. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking pull out mics right now and shit. We're all chilling. We're having a good time. I'm not going to, you know. And, yeah, it ended up just being that the whole time, just hangout sessions and, like, talking to people, which is good. You know, it's networking and building relationships and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I did not produce as much content as I wanted out of that trip. What uh, what were some of the bands that you caught that you're into? Like, you know, did you catch, did you, you know, see everybody? Uh, so the second I, the first band I saw was uh, Chelsea Wolf, uh-huh. and it was fucking amazing. Okay. Um, but again, I had smoked and I took some edibles and I had been delirious from a long drive. Like my drive was an extra hour and a half because it was an accident on the highway. Oh man. So yeah, yeah. So I was delirious from the road you know, hungry and all this shit. So I walk in and see Chelsea Wolf, and she put me in a zone. Because, you know, her music is very specific. It's uh, very ethereal, very spooky, and, you know, but beautiful. And uh, it really just put me in a, a mindset, like, just zoned out. Uh, then I saw Chemists, and they fucking rocked it. Um, those dudes, man. Have you, have you heard Chemists? Yeah, yeah, we, I, we, okay. I, uh, they're, they're pretty cool, actually. I um, was checking them out um, on that last tour we did, just in the van. Nice. Yeah, man, they're, they're getting bigger and bigger. Zach is uh, the drummer. He's the head brewer of uh, True Brewing out in Denver. Um, and they make fucking great beer. And they have, like, one of the very few, if not, they're not the only, I don't think, but very few metal uh, breweries. And... Um, yeah, no, they, they've been kicking ass. I saw them. They, they rocked it. Um, I brought the Orange Amps dude, Alex, out there to see them, and he loved them. So I think they're trying to work something out together. Cool. Um, I don't know. And then uh, I saw, let's see, I saw Cold Leader, and they were phenomenal. Uh, I saw Pelican oh, at, wow. like, one, 1 in the morning out in the pool. Damn. <laughs> um, that, that was fucking magical. I'll tell you that. They were crushing it. 
Yeah, I love Pelican, man. Like we, the, uh, we've we've toured with them a few times, and those guys are really good friends of mine. They're a great band. Yeah, dude. And Dallas is a fucking sweetheart. Uh, oh hell yeah. Yeah, we hung out. We tried to hang out afterwards, but there's just so much chaos. Everybody's everywhere, you know. And I ended up going to dinner with Brent Hines, and shit got crazy there. And I'm not gonna go into detail, but <laughs> it was an interesting night. And then. Um, yeah, I saw Sleep, but they had some really bad technical difficulties, man. It took them like 30, 40 minutes after their set time to fucking open the curtain. Oh, man. They kept having the buzz buzz issues. Well, I mean, motherfuckers got like 100 cabs on stage. Of course you're going to have some buzz. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of buzz here and there. <laughs> it's insane. Um, let's see who else um, that I can think of. I don't know, man. There was a lot, of, a lot of music to be had, a lot of drinking, a lot of, uh, a lot of weed, a lot of chilling by the pool. It was man. pretty hot. Yeah. So. So it was like three days or something like that, right? Yeah, it was a three-day festival. Uh, actually, they started Thursday oh, with wow. like uh, local shows. Like I think uh, Mustard Gas and Roses played uh, on Thursday. Oh, nice. Somewhere at a smaller place. I don't know if it was in in the hotel. It might have been in the hotel. I don't know. I wasn't there Thursday. I showed up Friday. Um, but yeah, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, full on shows. And this is you know in a at the Hard Rock in the casino. You know, the casino floor is just battle vests and fucking leather. That's all you see everywhere. <laughs> uh, and it was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I sat at the bar for a few minutes. They had a little video poker table, and uh, I'm sitting next to, like, Braun and uh, Sanford Parker, and all these dudes are just sitting there, and they're like, hey, you know, if you just play really slowly, you can drink for free. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. I spent, like, two hours just there playing back and forth with 15 bucks, you know, and just had, like, seven beers, you know? (laughs) Wow. Now, is this going to yeah, be an annual? Working. Is this going to be an annual thing? I think so, and I think they're doing one in L.A. Because I remember, I think it's the same people. There used to be a Psycho California Festival too, and I'm not yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's like, the same team. Okay, yeah. So, make, so they're going to go back between like L.A. and like Vegas or something like that. Yeah, I think it would make sense to have one every six months. You know, do one in Vegas, and then six months later, do one in L.A., and then back and forth. I think that would be awesome. Well, pretty cool. And that was a really killer lineup, man. Like, I, 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 that was the closest, the closest lineup to something you would see in like a European festival. Like every time I look at a European festival lineup, I'm like, motherfucker, oh, yeah. it's every band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Roadburn or Hellfest or something like that. Because like, didn't Alice Cooper play too? No, no, Cooper, no. It was uh, King Diamond. King Diamond, that's what it was. Yeah, it was some. I remember some, you know, legend played too. glimpses of that but I was pretty toasty at that point <laughs> and it's not just it's also walking around all day we're you know back and forth we ended up walking through the, like the Bellagio and like Paris and all that stuff just completely faded just walking around like people watching like what is happening here <laughs> oh man yeah cause Vegas is it's funny that it's in, it was in Vegas you know cause it's not really the most like metal town you know not at all but it was just it was super cool to see everybody just just roaming around you know all these 
metal dudes, very obvious metal dudes, you know, with the bandanas and the, you know, spiky studded fucking belt and studded bracelets and all that shit. I, I can't fashion myself as, as well as these, these cats. I'm always shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, totally. Uh, all you get. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I'm not much for, like, you know, outfits, really, you know. I, I know they help, you know. I know they help certain people and bands that need it, you know, like, some people need it. Some people's personalities aren't that great, so that you have to find another way to bring them in, you know? Like, check out my sweet back patch, and then you talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to this one dude because he had a giant fucking, what's his name? Larry David, I think it was, on his back. Wow. Yeah, back patch. I'm like, okay, you're, you're fucking hilarious. Come here. <laughs> a Larry David back patch. That's pretty unique, man. Yeah, I saw that at a summer slaughter. I was like, hell yeah, look at this guy. <laughs> oh, dude. Are so, you um? You talk make... to me about the McGregor Mayweather fight, by the way. <sighs> dude, when you get it went. Well, <laughs> yeah, I watched it the next day on YouTube because um I wasn't gonna about to like throw away my money on the fight really, but uh yeah yeah actually the night the night of the fight I was in um, Sayreville, New Jersey watching Silver Tune play, who's um it's the new Typo Negative band. And um, two of okay. our two of our friends, uh, Joe and Henry, uh, play in the band, and um, it's uh, it's uh, Kenny and Johnny from Typo Negative. It's their new thing. It's their it was their very first show, and um, they played at uh, Starland Starland Ballroom in Sarahville, Jer- Jersey. And um, so we drove down to that and checked that out. And um, instead of watching the McGregor fight, so I watched it the next. I was following on on my phone like what i knew i knew that he lost you know what i mean and uh so the next day i watched the whole fight on youtube and i was just like yeah it was pretty much what i expected i mean you know it's um i think like anyone who's reading more into what they actually saw you know and and taking away that mcgregor might have a career as a boxer is completely delusional in my opinion yeah yeah, I'm, Andrew and I went back and forth quite a bit, our, our friend Andrew. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it's different when you're posting stuff in the middle of the night after drinking and watching the fight, so we couldn't get our points across. But yeah, of course, of course McGregor's not going to be a boxer. Of course he was going to get schooled. However, I still think fucking hitting him 111 times is more than most people have. Sure. And, and yes, maybe that is Mayweather playing with him and letting him get hit, but like still the numbers there like that's a fact now that's yeah. written down like, it's in the books yeah. and then um you know the fact that mayweather didn't just smoke him in the first four or five rounds like sure you could take a couple rounds to gauge him and see but you know by the fourth or fifth round you should have known that dude's game plan by then and you if you're you know you're fucking top top of your fucking game mayweather you should have just fucking ended it you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. are you extending it to 10 rounds? But, I mean, I don't think McGregor, I mean, I don't think Mayweather actually is at the top of his game. The dude's 41 years of age and, like, yeah. been retired for two years. And, you know, he's not, maybe the 32-year-old uh, Mayweather would have been able to do that. But, you know, age is a factor, man, when you're at that elite level of, of competition, you know. And it's, I just, um, you know, McGregor's made a career out of just pinpointing these guys on their way out and fighting them. And I just think it's like, 
you know. I mean, seriously, like, like Jose Aldo. I mean, he fought jo- Jose Aldo probably on the, the on the, the backslide of his career, on his descent, you know. I mean, he passed his prime, you know, the dude. Sure. You know, and, and um, same thing with Eddie Alvarez. I mean, Eddie Alvarez has had a whole other career before, yeah. his, before his brief stint as UFC champion, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I mean, now he's talking about there's this noise about fighting another retired boxer, Paulie Malignaggi, and I think that that's, like, completely makes no sense to me at all. I mean, aside from maybe, like, making a quick buck, you know, on having someone fight, you know, an Italian and an Irishman fighting in New York on St. Paddy's Day. You know, it's fucking silly. Jesus Christ. Okay, that that does sound like money, though. It sounds like money, (laughs) but it's, like, it's not, it's not, like part of the competitive environment that I really enjoy about combat sports. You know what I mean? It's more of a spectacle. For again. sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I just... That's that's what McGregor is, though, and has been from the beginning. Like, that's Uncle Dana's pet project of having a WWE superstar in the UFC, basically. Right. You know? But, but he's entertaining, and I'm I'm one of those guys that I watch WWE. I don't give a fuck. I know it's not real, but people still get hurt. Sure. No, I mean I give my respect to those guys for their athleticism, but I just I never was a fan of of, of uh, pro wrestling like that style of pro wrestling. I just um, I mean it just was not something I ever really watched as a kid. I mean I I was a wrestler when I was a kid, so I just like you know like folk style freestyle wrestling, you know and and. I just, um, a lot of the kids on my team liked it, but I just never really got into it. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I never appreciated that. It was just, it was like, I knew that it was like, um, a scripted result. And, you know, it was, I guess it was a little entertaining, but like I had comic books and science fiction movies for that too, you know? So. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta, you know, I gotta give props to WWE for making me want to become a wrestler yeah. and making me actually pursue it for a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's something you have to watch when you're a kid. If you didn't watch it when you were a kid, watching it as an adult is going to be a very difficult task. Oh, yeah, you know? big time, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I already understand, like, the nature of it. Like, back in the 80s we and the early 90s, we had the fucking over-the-top personalities, like, on cocaine, you know, uh-huh. fucking Macho Man and Hulk Hogan screaming at each other about the universe, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's so many promos of those dudes talking into the camera where you know they're on mushrooms. Oh, big time, man! Jimmy like, yeah, Superfly like, Snooker. I mean, that guy looked like he was on like three or four cycles of steroids and about you know six lines of cocaine, you know, whenever you saw him, and nine dude. cups of coffee. You know what I'm saying? And that dude murdered his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. You know, it's funny. (laughs) Like, I don't really, you know, everyone attributes steroids to stuff like that. But I kind of feel like it might be the head trauma that makes these guys go nuts. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's a nice combination. Yeah. Of the two. I mean, the steroids, depending on what kind of steroids they're doing, some of them are good for, you know, helping you recover from asthma or, uh, you know, or, or injury. But there are steroids that are just meant to piss you off so you can fucking do weights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the Brock Lesnar steroids. Yeah, definitely. That guy looks like a shaved gorilla, man. That gigantic, you know? Fucking John Jones calling out Brock Lesnar. Like, right. I was kind of interested in that, actually, to be honest. I 
would have watched it, but there's also then he gets popped and he gets the belt stripped and it's like, oh come on, man, can we just get like that fight anyway? And both of them jacked up on steroids. Yeah, she fight in Japan where it's like you know. Fuck yeah, dude! In Pride or something. Like Rising like, or whatever. Back, yeah. Bring back Pride. Fuck it, they could do it. They yeah. own it, right? Well, um, the the guy, uh, uh, Saki Kabara, the guy who owned Pride back in the day. Has, he owns Ryzen, which is like that Japanese promotion that um, Fedor fought in. Oh, okay. I mean, Fedor, it's clear, obviously, that he's not, um, you know, competitive anymore. He got, you know... Oh, man, he got schooled yeah, by he, fucking Mitrione. Like, really? Yeah, Mitrione <laughs> took him apart, man. And not, nothing against Matt Mitrione, but, like, Fedor is, you no, know, no, yeah. way past Fedor his prime. We're talking. <laughs> we're talking about Fedor, yeah. So... But um, but yeah, I mean, why not have John Jones fight in Japan? You know, against against uh, Brock Lesnar, they could both be jacked beyond belief, like on steroids, Hell and yeah. just I murder each other. Dana, you know, Dana, Dana could make that happen. He's now that he branched out into the boxing world and made it happen. Like that should be next, bro. Go to bring back Pride or call it Pride if you want. If they have the rights to the name. Just fucking call it Pride. Like, hey, the return of Pride. And it's going to be John Jones versus fucking Brock Lesnar on super steroid heavyweight. And then uh, have a few other fucking crazy matchups, too. Like, older dudes that are all jacked up. Like, Vitor Belfort, back on steroids. <laughs> you know? Fucking, let's get let's get Uberim in there. What's up? <laughs> I like Uberim, though. Like, clean. Honestly, I think he's doing great, like, without steroids, you know? He has taken a couple really bad knockouts. Yeah. Since the, since he dropped the steroids, but uh, he is doing good. He is winning fights. So. But I mean, think about Uberim, dude. Like not Overim, Uberim. Yeah, yeah. When, when he was fucking jacked to the gills, like that's. I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight Vitor Belfort. Both of them. Jacked. Yeah. It light heavyweight or heavyweight <laughs> or something like that. Every twenty Vitor is a heavyweight. That'd be insane. Uh, but yeah. But going back to the McGregor thing, it's like, and now they're talking about him fighting Nate Diaz as, like, uh, his next MMA fight in the UFC. And I'm just like, dude, so what? Nate jumps over, like, the winner of Kevin Lee and, and uh, Tony Ferguson to fight for the championship. I mean, it's like, I love Nate Diaz. I'm a huge Diaz Brothers fan. But there's nothing really fair about that, in my opinion. And, like, it just kind of makes a travesty because, like, in one hand, the UFC is trying to be, like, a legitimate sport, you know, be, like, pro, pro-level. NFL or M- M- MLB or NFL, UFC, yeah. yeah. And and then on the other hand, they're, they're doing these, like, sort of, like, um, sensational events, which I think are, like, working against them being taken seriously, you know? And that's, like, you can't, you can't really have it both ways, I think, you know? So why not yeah, have... You gotta, you, you gotta leave some of that shit to Bellator, you know? Bellator yeah. likes to put on those fucking ridiculous fights of uh, old retired fighters. Well, I kind of like the way Bellator does it because they have their own hierarchy of like um, you know contenders and belt holders and champions and all that stuff, and then they'll grab like Ken Shamrock and have him fight somebody you know, and as as like this you know main event, and neither <laughs> one of them are, yeah they're not ranked anywhere. Neither one of those guys are going to be champs, you know. And there's who's no. A, who's Tito fighting? I think he's coming back to fight. Like. Oh yeah. He fixed, uh, he fixed his neck with surgery. Now he wants to fight somebody again. Yeah, that's Chael. right. Um, who the hell is he fighting? Yeah, it's Tito. Chael, Chael or Wanderlei? No, it's not Wanderlei. They're both of those fights already happened. 
Chael Chael defeated Vondelay Silva, which I thought was strange. Tito defeated Chael. And uh, I don't recall what Tito's next fight is, but I do know, I do believe that he does have something on the books for Bellator. You know what? I think there are too many UFC fights uh, on pay-per-view and, and shit like that. Like, there's too much going on for me to to keep up with the way I used to. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's um, especially now the prices keep going up, man. You know, it's like almost yeah. it's like sixty dollars for pay-per-view now. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I tried streaming the McGregor fight with Mayweather. I know that's not the same thing, but. Um, you know, hundred dollar pay per views now is going to be the new standard. You know, what I mean, if they have a big enough card, they're going to be like, yeah, you know what, we can pull a hundred. Yeah. It. You know, we we sold a bunch of the, the Mayweather ones, so why not? Um, and I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. Nah. <laughs> There's a lot of streams on Reddit that you can just fucking stream it for free. Wait, I'm sorry if I'm like putting that out there, but I like that though. <laughs> I like that because you know, it's like fuck the system, man. You know, it's like. If some, so you're going to try to take my money for some bullshit like McGregor Mayweather fight, then I'm going to fucking take your money by finding a pirated way of doing it. You know, yeah, fuck that fuck shit. And like, and you, I watched it the next morning on YouTube, the entire thing. It was like some Russian like stream with no commentary <laughs> that I can understand, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, you know, it. I see a bunch of people doing other shit too. Like on my Facebook feed, there's always dudes uh, touting about this fucking Dragon Box, where it's like a cable box that you can uh, watch everything for free. Apparently. Oh, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, there's um, but like, there's a couple of those types of boxes floating out there. Yeah, like that was big business for the fight because you know you go around selling those and be like, hey, yeah, it's uh, it's twenty five more bucks than the fight, but. You also get HBO, and you get Netflix, and you get this and that. And it's like, oh, well, shit. You get the NFL Sunday ticket and all that shit, you know? Down in the studio at Rutan Studio, he's got this um, uh, Thor stream or some shit like that. It's like some box that he bought off of uh, Amazon that's, like, connected to some, some stream from, like, the Czech Republic or something like that. And you get... <laughs> Like movies that are in the theater. Jesus Christ! And I'm like, he's like, oh yeah, it's legal. It's like from some like oh, you know overseas like connection or something. I'm like, I'm like, all right, that it's sounds not, cool. It's not legal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's still not legal. It's still not legal, but but they can't do anything to you because you're not hosting it. You're not providing it. You're just watching it, and it's there. So they can't really take you to jail or fine you or anything, but. It's still illegal. <laughs> well, you know, people have been stealing music for fucking decades. Oh now. yeah. So yeah. for me, I'm just like I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna back. cry, like for Dana White and WME if they lose a few, few hundred thousand dollars for pay per view. It's like, you know, no one gave a shit about music. It's like, oh well, people, you know, it's file sharing or like, you know, everyone's in, entitled to free music, and it's just like, well, you're, you're. You're kind of not, because now you've taken away a complete source of income for people out there that are trying to actually do what they want to do, you know, professionally. And, um... Yeah. I don't give a fuck about streaming shit, man. I'll stream I'll stream whatever, you know, I don't care. If, you know, I'll pay for pay-per-views too, man, but it's like, I'm not going to pay $100 to see Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight, especially knowing what... The, I already... 
I knew the end. I knew I was going to end. I knew it was going to end exactly the way it did, you know? Yeah. I don't want to give either one of those guys my dollars, you know? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. I didn't, uh, I didn't expect there to be a different ending to that fight. I just, um, I was just surprised what he actually pulled off. And then I see all these conspiracy videos online now about him pulling his punches or some shit and it being all rigged. And I'm like, well, that wouldn't shock me either, man. It's fucking boxing. It's been rigged for years. You know, my, my household, uh, my grand, my, uh, my uncle and my grandfather and all those people used to be into boxing. Like, and that was my life growing up. And then, then it became like a fucking, it just, it was awful. Like, I, I lost interest after, like, I don't even know, I guess Mike Tyson era. After that, I was just done. I mean, I, I would watch fights here and there, but uh, UFC took over my life at that point, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I like boxing. I wouldn't say that I'm, like, you know, um, the best, most knowledgeable person about boxing, but, I, you know, I enjoy it, and... I mean, I just enjoy, like, combat sports, you know, and I just think that, but I'm not a boxing guy, you know what I mean? There's some people who are all about it, and I definitely am not one of those people who, who defends boxing as, like, the end-all of fighting, because I know for a fact it's not, you know what I mean? But it is, it's a sport, and that's the thing. It's like, when you watch a boxing match, you're not really watching a fight. You're watching a system that has agreed-upon rules and regulations, and these two combatants are operating within this system and that's why it is what it is you know that's why a guy like Floyd Mayweather can operate that system better than pretty much anyone else out there you know yeah yeah you know and there's something there's something very very um impressive about that you know it's like yeah it's not a fight a fight has got every technique you can think of you know to use and boxing is just guys throwing punches you know (laughs) and moving It's been weird, man. The last couple years, I've actually gotten back into pro wrestling. Uh, I never, like, I watched it as a kid, and then my entire 20s, it was not, not, you know, it was not a part of my life at all. But now there's, like, an interesting thing going on where there's this Japanese, uh, New Japan pro wrestling that they're fucking hitting the fuck out of each other. Like, there's a dude who apparently can no longer wrestle because he took a headbutt that he crushed his skull in or some oh. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's insane. And uh, that, that is super entertaining to me because I have no no attachments to whoever wins or loses because I don't know the characters or anything. And there's just two dudes going out there and smacking and kicking each other in the face really, really hard. So I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and then uh, the WWE aspect of it, uh, they, are, they have become more knowledgeable... They've accepted the fact that we have the internet and that people aren't idiots and we're not going to believe your stupid storylines. So, and not only that, but there's like dirt sheets and pe- people that are leaking information about what they plan to do with the storyline. Oh, right. Yeah. And then, and they're, but they're aware of it now and they're, they're starting to play on that and, and fucking trick people. Like, uh, you think this guy's going to win, but no, we switched it up. So it's less predictable. And that's actually kind of entertaining me now because I'm like, Alright. It's entertainment. Just take it as that. And, yeah. and it's still it's still dudes getting hurt. <laughs> like not that I like to see people get hurt, but it's just it's it's you know, people flying around, athleticism, you know. 
there's there's some crazy maneuvers. The Japanese, uh, the New Japan Pro, Pro Wrestling, they, they do some crazy athletics, man. Flying around, flipping, and kicking each other in, in awkward positions. And, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's no, kind of, I believe me, I appreciate it. It's just, you know, it's not something that I got into ever really. And I mean, I, you know, I give my respect to those guys who are being great athletes and the grinds. I mean, those, those dudes have a lot of shows every year, you know, it's like uh-huh. a pretty tough oh, yeah, schedule. They're working hard, dude. <laughs> you know, it's just that, I, yeah, maybe someday, I'll, the New Japan stuff sounds interesting. Like, maybe I should check that out or something, you know. Yeah, you talked to, you talked to Josh Barnett on your podcast, right? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's done both fight uh, shoots and works as in pro wrestling like back in the early part of his yeah. career so he you know he, he knows all about New Japan and all this other stuff yeah yeah dude he, he, he does the commentator you know the yeah the commentating but in English mm-hmm. for the New Japan stuff and yeah he actually talking to him actually is what got me back into like New Japan I'm like you know what I'm gonna watch all these old videos they're, they're awesome dude there's some really crazy people out there <laughs> where, where can you uh, where can you find those are they like on YouTube there's or? a lot of them on YouTube or Daily Motion okay uh, Daily Motion has a bunch but yeah and, and like Kenny Omega is one of those the newer guys one of the newer names if you want to see like a really hard hitting match it's uh, Kenny Omega and Okada and they, they did like a they did three fights but I think the third one's the craziest so you just watch the third one and you'll be fine and then if you like that then you can go back and watch the other ones yeah huh. Kenny Omega it's an awesome dude yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like he's it's funny to see because most of their wrestlers are Japanese and then you see Kenny Omega is like you know he's got his crew of like Americans that are out there trying to make a scene you know and they're popular. They're hugely popular. They're different, you know, for them. It's like we've seen all of our countrymen fight. Like, now this is interesting. Like, we've got dynamics, you know? <laughs> wow. I, I, yeah. I think I'll check that out. You know? I mean, I know Josh does the um, commentary on it, and that, that was something that got me interested in it. Because he's awesome, man. Like, he's, like, smart guy, really cool, very knowledgeable about all aspects of this stuff, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that's definitely a big draw for me. Yeah, man, he loves comic books. He loves metal. I mean, like he's that's a that's a bro that's a good brother. Hell yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> oh man, do you? Uh, I have I I wrote down here. I think the government is making humans. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> you think the government's making humans? <laughs> um. Hmm. Yeah, as I see a lot of doppelgangers, man. I see a lot of. I see a lot of people tag me in pictures. They're like, oh, dude, look, I saw you here. And I'm like, well, I'm in California, so that's not me at all. Uh, but I don't know, man. Are they making more humans, like duplicates? I just think that there's, like, only a certain number of looks that people have in the human race. And, like, somewhere along the line, there's some, like, uh, you know, there, there's some, some doubles. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely have a very generic look. I've been trying to figure out how to fix that. But, like, the the bald, bearded, glasses-wearing, you know, metal dude is very common. <laughs> yeah, you know, but there's even, like, you know, people that you see that look like famous people, you know, and you're like, oh, well, that's, you know... Yeah, the, a lot of them work in the porn industry. Yeah, you know, there's, like, the that's the discount <laughs> version of this particular actor or whatever that they got, you know what I mean? And it's, the like... discount version, yeah. yeah. The Payless Shoes version. Yeah, so it's, like... <laughs> I just think that there's only a certain type, number of looks. You know, there might be millions of different looks that humans have, but there's still a finite number, and they end up getting, 
you know, with a population that's almost five billion, you get some du- you get some duplicates in there, you know. But it could sure. be it could be For true sure. that the government is making people. You never know. Dude, I need to learn how to do that. I want to be Doctor Manhattan and just kind of be able to do a bunch of shit at once. You know, because it, it's I, I my mind wants to do all those things. You know, I, I, shit, I got to record a podcast, but I got to go do this, and I want to go over here, and I want to go to that show and this show. Moving out to LA really changed the whole show dynamic for me from Miami, dude. Because when you guys came to town in Miami, I was able to go because there was really no other metal show, or maybe one other metal show. But out here, it's like there's there's seven shows every night, every single night of the week. And it's all bands of like friends or people, you know, good bands. Oh yeah. And it's uh, it's rough. Well, so Miami, it's like a long trek to get all the way down to Miami and then go all the way back. You know what I mean? It's like we, yeah, that's why there's never any shows down there. Like nobody, a lot of the tours skip Miami because it's just not worth it sometimes. And then you get down there and there's like, there's isn't a huge metal following uh, in Miami, and it, there's a good amount, but. The more obscure your genre gets, the the less people are going to show up to your show. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than driving eight hours to Churchill's to play in front of five people. Like, that's a that's a rough, you know, situation for anyone. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, then also Florida in general is pretty rough, like, touring through anyway. The other cities aren't really that much better. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Tampa's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, like... You know, I can't think of any other places that we've actually done well in as far as besides maybe Tampa and, uh, you know. Maybe Orlando. Is, Orlando had a yeah, Orlando, Orlando was okay. scene for a bit. Yeah, Orlando was okay. Like, Gainesville's, like, shot for us. That's not so great. Um, <laughs> Gainesville's shot for everyone, dude. I saw, I've mentioned this before on the show, but, like, I saw ISIS, Torch, and Intronaut in Gainesville in a fucking bar with a pool table in the middle with like 20 people there wow that's sad yeah <laughs> I'm like ISIS intranet and torch what <laughs> and you guys there's no one here <laughs> yeah Yeah. I drove all the way the fuck up there from Miami because they, they weren't coming down so I'm like I'm not missing that but a couple of friends jumped in a car we all went up there but, uh, awesome. but but L.A. now, like, you know, um, when you're living in Long Beach, like, that whole area, like, even San Diego, it's like there's tons of shows all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, I barely go down to San Diego. And when I do, it's usually to hang out with Adam. I go down there, and we'll go hit up a baseball game, or we'll go watch a show. Last time I went, we saw Deftones and and uh, Thrice. <clears throat> And Rise Against, I think it was. That was the other band. I, I don't think we, we didn't really stick around for Rise Against. Uh, we were both pretty shot and, you know, wanted out. But yeah, it, dude. It's, it's uh, crazy, man. Living out here, there's, there's so many shows to go to. And, and a lot of the times, I just end up not going anywhere. I'm like, you know, I'm just fucking, I'm just going to chill here and work. Do some work. <laughs> yeah, the um, playing with the Deftones, actually, on that on Ozfest, man. It's going to be exciting. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. I want to go out there. That's my birthday weekend, dude. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I'm planning on, I'm planning on going out there. Um, it's like a 45-minute drive, but um, I don't really care. I, I've done it before. I did Ozfest last year, I think it was, with uh, Municipal Waste. Dave Whitty, all them played. So we hung out there. That was fun. Old Path played. That was fucking magical at like 4 in the afternoon outside yeah. in the sun. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we're probably gonna be playing. I mean, we're we're not going on first on the stage we're playing, but it's like we're like somewhere in the middle. So I'm sure it's gonna be daylight out when we play. Yeah, there's just something about that I can't get behind, dude. Like certain bands, like you guys or Opeth or Ghost, like those those bands need to you need to watch them indoors, all the lights out, maybe some like really cool lighting from the stage, and that's it. Like it kills the vibe when it's just like blazing hot and the sun's in your face and you're trying to enjoy Opeth. Yeah, maybe that's why it's in November now because it's like <laughs> at least it's not going to yeah. be like like 90 degrees out when we play. You know, it's going to be cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah, especially up there, it's, it'll be like seventy. Yeah, yeah, it should be nice. But the um, still, it's pretty, pretty exciting, man. I'm pretty excited about the whole thing. So um, the uh, the stage we're playing the second stage. It's got Creator, uh, thirteen forty nine, High on Fire, Iron Reagan, like um, I think. Oh, Byron, fuck yeah, dude! Are yeah, you kidding? It's, it's gonna be sick, you know. And, and then the main <laughs> stage, it's you know Ozzy, the Deftones, like it's. Should be fucking cool, man. Yeah, I'm definitely going out there, man. I, I'll find my way in, whether it's via, you know, press pass or one of the bands guest list. Hopefully, comes through. Uh, but I'll be there celebrating the weekend, and I'll definitely come check you out and see the see the band, dude. Of course. Yeah, it's like I, I would say that I would try to help you out by getting you in, but I have no idea. We're probably not even gonna have like a guest list or anything like that. You know yeah, I mean? it's a little rough, dude. I, I know I've learned over the t- you know. <laughs> Over doing this podcast and over the over the years, I've learned, like, I can't just ask anyone for guest pass. First of all, I'm not like that. And also, it, it I know who can and can't do shit at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's and even then, even like the day of, it'll fucking flip around. Like, oh yeah, I got you, bro. And then I get there, and it's like, oh, they don't even have the guest list yet. So yeah. I'm just gonna hang hang tight, you know. Um, so it's. I get it, man. It's I, I I could probably probably get in through Orange Amps, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. I'll edit that out. <laughs> um, I just I I I'll be there. Let's party. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. You know, we're we're touring on the way out there too. Actually, uh, I think half of the dates we're doing on the way out are with Creator, so it should be really cool. Ah, just, fuck yeah! Yeah, it That's just got awesome. announced. It just got announced uh, Friday. Um, the whole the whole tour out there is once again with our buddies 1349 and then right around I think it's starting in Texas the, the whole tour is 1349 uh, Creator Iron Reagan and us so it should be a real fun run with those guys you know like hell I like, yeah that's you know, sick dude Iron Reagan so I mean that's, that's Tony and Ryan Parrish like guys I've known for quite a while so I'm excited to yeah, yeah we've never played with them before so it should be really cool though do a few dates together on the road, you know, hang out. Hell yeah. Do you, uh, do you like spicy food? I love Like hot sauce? I love, I love hot sauce and spicy food. Have you tried Tony's, uh, hot sauce yet? No, I haven't. Oh, man. It's good? Okay, so he'll probably have some on, on, on tour with him, so try it. It's fucking delicious, and but it's really hot, and it's a creeper. So, like, okay. you'll, you'll taste it, you'll be like, oh, it tastes great, and then, like, a minute later, you're burning alive. Is that got like ghost peppers in it or something like that? Or yeah, yeah, it's got ghost peppers. <laughs> oh, fuck that, man. Like I, I um, I don't know. I just like, yeah. I mean, as long as it's not sweet, I hate when you get a hot sauce that's obviously got like sugar in it. I like yeah, tasting yeah. peppers and 
the actual stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I'm game for whatever, man. I'll, I'm 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 sure I'll try it out. I'm sure I'll. Not since you gave me a heads up on it, I'm sure I'll be a little bit more conservative with my uh, dosage. Yeah, don't blot. Don't put a huge blot of it. Like, <laughs> just take a little bit first. It's it's tasty. I'll tell you, it does have that peppery, garlicky thing going on, but but it's also super hot. All right, cool. Well, that's good. I'm glad. You know, I, I can see myself being like, oh yeah, man, and just like dousing something with it, and just like not having such a great time afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, you got to head out to uh, the Comic Con, right? I do. I got to go do some coverage there. Hopefully, for you know, they gave me a press pass and go talk to some people. Um, I yeah, I went yesterday actually and um, booked an interview with uh, not an interview, but a podcast. But when it's someone I don't really know well, then it becomes an interview kind of because yeah. I have to go look look up information and, and ask them pertinent questions. But um, this dude Ryan. Um, I'm not going to butcher his last name, but it's Ryan. starts with an M. I think it's minor or something, but it's a German last name. He's the visual director for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, he was just chilling there, and he was at his booth just selling posters, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I talked to him for a minute. I'm like, hey, man, you down to do a podcast? He's like, yeah. So... I'm going to try and get that in the books. Uh, the guy had the, <clears throat> the new uh, Thanos from the movie with the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh-huh. He had a, he made the posters for, for you know, Comic-Con and for D23 of him, you know, holding it, holding it up like the original cover from the comic books. Right. But with Josh, Bro- Josh Brolin in it. And uh, I bought one of those. I couldn't, I could not buy it. It's <laughs> pretty sweet. I, I love Thanos, man. That's like my favorite character. I'm just oh, yeah. Active. And just screen like it's just all right. Let's see you. Don't fuck it up. That's all I'm asking. Now Thanos. <laughs> Thanos is pretty tight, man. I'm, I'm a fan of that villain. Like that whole that whole storyline is really cool. So yeah. Um, who else did I see? Oh, I met some dude. Uh, I think his name is Samuel. He's an artist. He's done art for like Whitechapel, a couple other metal bands, and he's got a podcast, something about Doom to Fail or something. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it's called Doom to Fail, and I might be doing that. I might be a guest on that soon, according to him. And then we're, we're going to do one each. Like I'll be a guest on his, and he'll jump on mine, or maybe we'll do another swap cast. I don't know. Yeah, like this that. is cool. I, this is a good idea, man. I like doing this. This is a, it's pretty, uh, pretty fucking fun, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, for my listeners, Savage Gold Coffee, right? Hey. At at Savage Gold. Uh, for social media stuff. Yeah. Uh, look it up. Google Savage Gold Coffee. I've had the coffee. It's fucking amazing. Don't fuck around. <laughs> uh, Tombs on tour, like you said, with 1349. And, uh, a couple of the dudes, so check that out for sure. Um, what else do you have going on? Everything went black media. Yeah. That's, that's the site. Actually, from that site, you can get to everything. There's, um... You, know, okay. you can get to the coffee uh, store. You can get to uh, all the podcasts and blog posts and all that. You know, also you can get the um, Necromaniacs podcast, which is my uh, horror podcast I do with my buddy Mike. And um, that one's nice. still like, kind of in the beginning stages. Like I got maybe 20, 20 some odd episodes up, and uh, we put it. We try to the schedule that we're trying to do is every month. 
you know, and it's like talk about movies and exploitation films and, you know, just miscellaneous <laughs> horror related stuff and comics and sci fi, stuff like that. It's fun. It's like a fun podcast. You know. Not everything I, on everything went black is fun. And stuff. Yeah. Not everything on everything went black is fun sometimes, but it's uh it's interesting at least. I try to make it interesting, <laughs> you know. For sure. I, I, I enjoy when you have Andrew on and you guys talk about fights. It's uh it's fun. <laughs> yeah, you know. And for the everything went black listeners, it's the uh rock and roll beer guy podcast. And um, yeah. are you on yeah. iTunes and Mixcloud and all that sort of stuff? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on, I, I host through Libsyn, so they post it everywhere. We got Google Play and iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. Um, rock and roll is you know tradition. I just rock the letter N. Roll beer guy, all one word. Um, you go to rockandrollbeerguy.com. I post. I make little posts about each episode. Sometimes I drop little like. I, I did a set list once. It was like an, an hour of music from all the guests that I've had so far. And then uh, I want to do more of that. Like, I'm going to start, you know, I'll grab, like, Liam. I'll be like, hey, dude, give me 15 songs that you really, really like, and I'll put them together and just drop them uh, on people so they have music to listen to. So, you know, kind of like my own version of the Spotify Discover playlist or something, you know? What do you, how do you do, that? Do you, then, do you do that with, like, SoundCloud or something like that? or? No, I just... I put it together on Pro Tools. Oh. I just get all the songs, put them together as one long track, and then uh, just I'll put a little, I'll record a little intro of me talking shit and do like the ad reads and stuff, and, and put it up and just upload it to Libsyn. And I haven't gotten any cease and desist, so fuck it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I um, actually uh, I put a couple of playlists up. Or I do that infrequently, but it's on the Mixcloud of because um, I have. This podcast also is on Mixcloud, which is like kind of like a DJ platform, but a lot of podcasts are on there too. And I do, I'll do a playlist for a season or just have a, a guest do one occasionally. Those are fun to do, man. I like those. Yeah, man. It's a, it's all about spreading music, you know. Like whatever I'm listening to at the time, like I'll, you know, I'd love. In the beginning, I, I was doing a, a lot of local bands. I was adding them to the episodes, so you know people can check them out fuck it, you know, just help out independent artists that aren't, you know, you may not know about, you know, <clears throat> but you might enjoy. Um, yeah, and I've been doing, like, album reviews, too, just trying to do stuff, man. I've been trying to figure out, like, what people care about, you know, I'll do, I did a Dead Cross record because they sent me a copy of it early, and um, you just put that out there. I'm going to start maybe doing more live videos, of doing live interviews with live videos on, like, Instagram live feed or something, I'm just trying to get people involved because I feel like I'm getting really good guests, but you know, it's taking its time to build the audience, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that's always, that's the thing, you know, is grabbing people's attention and doing it with regularity. And I think that like, you know, just like, just like everything else, it's like regularity, you know, and having like a, being committed to continue doing it and being Disciplined about your schedule when you get things out, and that's 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 probably the most important thing with any of this stuff, really. You know. Hell yeah! I mean, that's that's something I I put myself in in that position. I was like, look, uh, after the first few episodes, I was doing one a month, and I'm like, you know what? I have enough where I can do one a week, and I'm gonna do it every Tuesday, and I'm gonna do it every Tuesday at like nine in the morning here Pacific time, because that's lunchtime for a lot of people on the East Coast, and a lot of people are driving to work in the morning, so. 
I just set that schedule myself and just try try and do it every Tuesday at nine because it sets a goal and it makes you it drives you to, to actually try and achieve it. I agree. I'm all, I'm all for goal setting and uh, even if I don't have a guest, like I started doing that Man on the Silver Mountain podcast, which is like basically if I can't line up a guest, I just do a podcast on myself, just like talking about. I make a list of shit I want to talk about. You know, there's always always news things going on inside the tombs camp and like stuff going on and creative things or current events or stuff like that or even just you know popular culture things and I just try to just so that there's something out there for people to get into like on a regular basis and it's like just making that commitment I guess is like you know probably one of the most important things yeah, I've been thinking about doing that, like a Q&A, like, like have people submit questions and I'll answer some questions and do a solo cast or something, but yeah. I just haven't been able, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to have enough guests. I took one a one-week break uh, recently for the Cycle Las Vegas thing. I had to, I had to take a break. <laughs> I was just burnt out. I couldn't do editing. I couldn't do anything when I got back, so, um, but I, yeah just consistency and trying to put the work out and, and try and do more work. I think that's the, the key to do anything in any, any industry, anything you're trying to do, whatever idea it is. Like you want to be a writer, fucking write every single day of your life. You got to write something every day. And, and if you schedule it, it's even better. Set an alarm on your phone. Like, Hey, it's two o'clock. I got to write and just fucking sit there and write shit. That's the formula. <laughs> and you talk to anyone who's successful at anything. That's, that's the formula that they use is, just keep doing it. <laughs> simple. Keep it's, fucking doing it. It's, it's simple, deceptively simple, yet so many people, including myself, fall prey to uh, procrastination. But, you know, that's the struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, nobody said it's easy in terms of, you know, keeping your, your shit together. That's hard. But the concept is easy. Yeah, just do it. Just fucking do it. It's a super easy, super easy concept. But, yeah, the, the struggle comes from pushing yourself to actually get out of the couch go you know splash some water on your face and go make some shit happen otherwise it's not going to be handed to you if it hasn't already been handed to you like you know if you've born in a wealthy family or you know your last name is Trump or something <laughs> then you know you actually have to get up and go to work it's not going to be handed to you so yeah that's all I have to say about that <laughs> we'll fucking in, man. And, um, you know, thanks everyone for listening. And, uh, you know, have a great time today at Comic Con. And, uh, you know, I'll see you. Uh, thanks, I'll man. See- yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for, you know, doing the swap casting. This is a new idea for me. I've not tried. And I, I like it. I hope people like it. If you like it, fucking say some shit. Comment. Tell, tell us. Tell us that this was a good idea or that it was a terrible idea. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, so yeah, I'll see you sooner than later, man. Cause like, like I said, we're uh, we're out on the West Coast every few months, it seems, and um, we're in LA all the time. And I probably will be going out there on my own for some business with ESP this this month, maybe. So, um, so yeah, maybe I'll maybe you know we'll, we'll get a chance to hang out without the uh, schedule of a of a show or a set to play or something like that, you know. Always key because that's you know I hate bugging people when they have some shit going on like uh, you know I want to talk to you and everything but do your thing I 
I get it. It's business, you know, and uh, I'd rather hang out outside of a show for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, hit me up when you're in town and, and you know, you, you, either that or I'll be at the next Tomb show for sure. Right on, bro. All right, man. Take care. All right. I'll talk, talk to you later. Nobody here on the bed.